Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cocktail Conversations with Shannon. I'm your host, Shannon, and uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. It is Easter week, but we ain't going to church at all. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what life in faith and Christianity and the church and all these sorts of weird reactions that we've been seeing from the church in regards to being uh, quarantined and sheltering in place. What's going on with us? That's the topic that I have today to talk with my guest, uh, Reverend Lynette Daughtry Barrett. Uh, but before we get into that conversation, let's get into some mess, baby. First things first, congratulations are in order for Jeezy and Jeannie Mai. Uh, they just got engaged. They were supposed to go on some fabulous trip. Uh, Jeannie Mai is one of the hosts from, uh, what is it, The The Real. Oh, goodness. I get the real, the talk, the this. There's all these panels of women, but she's the host on The Real. Um, her and Jeezy have been together for a, a little while now. She got divorced like two years ago, and they look very, very happy together. And so I don't really have a lot of shade about it. I think Jeannie is one of those people who um, says and thinks and does a lot of stuff, and then she'll be wrong, loud and wrong, and then she changes her mind on things. That's Jeannie. She entertains me. However, and I'm going to say this and, and get off of it. She did say some stuff that was unsavory a while back when she was married to her husband about black men, because she's Asian, if you don't know, that were a bit unsavory, basically to the tune of black men are fun to have fun with, but maybe not marriage material. Now she's marrying one. Okay. She's clearly changed her mind and her tune. Um, so, okay. I just know that if the genders were reversed and an Asian man had said that about a black woman and the black woman was dating him, y'all would call her all kinds of bed wenches and she would be everything but a child of God. She'd have low self-esteem and all kinds of stuff. But y'all ain't saying that about Jeezy. But congratulations. Okay. So let's keep going. This is not really, now this is above my level of knowledge. This is below my age bracket, but I want to talk about something really quickly, and that is Floyd Mayweather's daughter, Yaya Mayweather. I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. Lots of vowels and whys. She got arrested. She is dating slash engaged, maybe maybe secretly married to, uh, oh, her real name is Ayana, Ayana Mayweather, right? Uh, she is with this boy who raps NBA... NBA Youngboy is his name. What is with the youths and their acronyms? Like, you know, there's a YFN, Lucci, N you know, NBA Youngboy. Everybody's an initials. Everyone's an acronym. So anyway, she's with this boy. She's only like 19 years old. Her and this boy are supposed to be engaged. He's a rapper. She stabbed his, I guess, ex, the mother of his child. They got into it. She had to get arrested, you know, and why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because I am auntie age, right? I'm at the age now where I can look back on the things that people do in their teens and 20s and go, yikes. I'm saying all that to say we got to talk to some of our nieces, talk to some of our our little cousins, talk to our our, our daughters and and you know, our friends' daughters and stepdaughters or however these girls are related to us. I am quite sure that this young lady did not grow up with imagery of healthy 
relationships, healthy love, a relationship in which you do not feel like you need to stab and or maim someone's ex. Floyd Mayweather does not have the best track record with his exes, right? In terms of, uh, uh, you know, physical altercations and things like that. But in times like these, and, you know, we're all, you know, sort of all in our corners, our relationships are closer and tighter than usual. Uh, none of these people are worth going to jail over, sis. Spread the word. Tell your homegirl. Tell your niece. Tell your whoever. It is never going to be worth you going to jail over somebody who, and at 19, if she has any sense in her brain, who you like at 19, nine times out of 10, you're going to, you can't stand that dude by like 22, 21. You're thinking, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? Your hormones took over your brain. That's what it was. So this is what I'm saying. We have to have these conversations with our daughters, with our nieces, with our godchildren, with, you know, the little girl down the street, just warn them like, hey, you think you like that little knucklehead now, but he ain't worth all that bull because he's not. And I'm not, and it's not even just him, you know, I mean, granted, this guy leaves much to be desired in my opinion, but it's just, you know, we do need that constant reminder. We just got to talk to our youth about like, what we're seeing them do, like, it's just never going to be worth going to jail. Never, 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 never. That's the real reason I wanted to bring it up. Like, we got to start talking and giving them the real. Don't do like our mamas did. Our mamas didn't tell us everything all the way, all the way. A lot of our moms glossed over some mess. If you hear their conversations, you find out they were almost going to jail too back in the day, right? So we have a chance to be honest with these girls and boys because, you know, men have their own issues, their own struggles they need to share with each other, et cetera, and just give them the heads up. Like, some of this mess ain't it, right? Just not. So let's get into the only thing that's been giving us fun, you know, right now. Celebrities are all in their home. They're not doing much, to be honest, other than, you know, old girl going to jail. Um, the battles. Producer battles. So apparently Timbaland and Swiss Beats are in charge of the uh, the producer battle committee. I sent in my little Twitter note that I want to be a part of the committee. I'll take meeting notes or something. But so they're the ones who've been organizing these battles. So, of course, we have the two of them against each other. Neo and um, Janta Austin gave us a great battle. Um, and last week we had Manny Fresh and Scott Storch, which, whew. I enjoy Manny Fresh on the ones and twos. I enjoy good Nola beat. Uh, he's given us a lot of classic, good booty shaking, throw it in a circle music. Scott Storch has a wide variety of songs, man. Like, you can't touch him on those keys. And I feel like Manny was a little below the belt with some of those insults. And, like, we all know Scott Storch had a drug issue. Baby trying to move on. He trying to be, he trying to clean his way up. Don't bring up that mess. That was too low of a blow. But what was fun was that T-Pain and Lil Jon battle. It was so much fun to watch. They cracked me up. They were so funny. They were very gentlemanly. It was literally like two, you could tell they're friends. They get along well. They cut up a lot. They drink a lot. I drink a lot watching them. <laughs> it was fun. And they both dropped some songs that we hadn't heard before, which were actually really, really good. And uh, I, I would love to hear them again. So what I was excited about, well, let me, okay, let me start by what I saw on Twitter. So Twitter, out of nowhere, Bobby Valentina was like, y'all been asking for it. 
and we gonna do it. It's Bobby Valentino versus Pleasure P. And I said, who is y'all? Because I didn't ask for this. Who's been asking for this battle? So, you know, after we all debated who's been asking, I did remember, you know, Pretty Ricky, Pleasure P, Bobby Valentino, gave me some good old bops in my college days. And I figured it'd be a good time to watch. By the time the battle came up, Pleasure P said he had to watch the Love and Hip Hop Miami reunion. And he dropped out. I don't know if they go reschedule. <laughs> and why was Bobby Valentino wearing a fur coat when he did this announcement? It is April, and I know he stays in Atlanta. It had to be hot and musty. So anyway, I still, you know, I'm gonna watch it because what else do we have to do? I'm running out of new things on Netflix. I'm watching documentaries at this point. So when Bobby Valentino and Pleasure P get done doing all their love and hip hop duties, because Mona don't play by her money, I- I'm gonna still watch it. It's gonna be a time. Now, what was going to bring me joy, or what I thought was going to bring me joy, was you know Timbaland, Chief. Uh, Deacon of the IG producer battles announced that we were going to get Babyface and Teddy Riley. Oh, baby. I was ready, 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 ready for it. Like when I tell you, I told my husband, don't, don't, don't get on no video games. Don't plan on watching nothing. We're going to eat some dinner and watch this battle on the Instagrams, right? Time comes. The thing is postponed. I said postponed. Where they got to go? Why? They're not on Mona Scott's, you know, timetable. Why? Why do they have to go? So it turns out it came out a few days later that Teddy Riley wanted to be paid. He wanted the battle behind a paywall on his website uh, for for playing, you know, and if you've seen the battles, if you've not seen the battles, let me tell you what it is. It is literally each person sits in their home and they go song for song. They play like a snippet maybe 10, 20 seconds. They usually last about an hour. And that's if the, if they're not cutting up. Most of the time they cutting up, cracking jokes, giving you fun facts or history or things like that. Teddy Riley said, now I ain't gonna get none of my history, fun facts or 30 second snippets without paying. And I just was like, okay. Now, you know, I'm team pay what you owe. I sing, I do entertainment stuff myself and I could use some checks. However, we are literally in the time of a pandemic and the fans that you typically depend on to pay when you provide entertainment are being furloughed. They're being let go. Their hours are being cut. People have a lot of financial insecurity. Teddy Riley has, should have, let me clear up because I don't know, I ain't gonna count his money, but he has decades of royalties that he should be resting on right now, right? Not to mention, if he did this thing for like an hour for free, the Saints watch it and then immediately get on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, wherever their streaming services are and get, basically give you your money back because, oh yeah, I forgot about that song. Oh yeah, let me add that to my playlist. And your spins go up and your spins go up and your spins go up. And when this quarantine is over, it's like, oh, remember so-and-so was great. Maybe that'll lead to more gigs because I ain't seen Teddy Riley on a stage in a long, long time. Uh, so I, I'm just, I just, you know, right now we're in unprecedented times. Everybody, including myself as an entertainer is we're doing things that we normally don't do just to try to, you know, cause we are the world. We are the children just to, to connect, <laughs> just to, you know, we're doing what we can. And, and when you sing, you know, I'm not a medical professional, minus the fact that I am always in somebody's hospital for my family. 
you know, I'm not able to go out and help people literally. So entertainers are doing what they know to do, and that is entertaining people. And quite a few of them are doing it for free. I know Erica Badu was charging, but I think she was donating the money to a specific, like to her musicians, to her bands. You know, people that musicians are out of work, they're out of money, right? So at least, you know, there was an explanation of why she needed the money. Teddy Riley, you know, sometimes you can be right, but it comes off like you're greedy. We're just, we're just in weird times and we got to let it roll. Like we're in weird times in a few months when this is all over, you can get back to charging good money and be on the Tom Joyner cruise and the funk fest and whatever else you're doing. And that's fine because people should be, you know, having income to, to be able to pay to do those things. But right now, the, you know, you ain't did nothing for nobody in a long time. You could have done that battle. You could have. In the interim, I'm going to keep messaging Timbaland. <laughs> I'm going to keep sending him unsolicited messages that perhaps Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis should battle Babyface. Because I think that'd be a good matchup. Okay? So we've got a lot to talk about. Like I mentioned earlier, it is Holy Week in Christendom. It is Easter time. The Saints have been making up their uh, Corona Be Gone songs and their praise and worship of you know, petitioning that they ought to, uh, child, there's this one picture, this lady, I can't, I don't know if this is real or somebody made it up. Some lady in Indiana named Joyce talking about president Trump. We petition for our right to pro to, to gather in church and the blood will cover us. People got on that doggone lady's page and ripped her down. Like if you don't sit down somewhere, Lord have mercy the saints <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on in terms of people of faith Christendom how we're handling Easter in times in which we can't do the traditional thing and gather in church and worship like we normally do so stay tuned we're going to have a good listen some good giggles throughout the day uh, and I'll be right back with my guest Reverend Lynette daughtry Bear. Welcome back. I am here with my special guest. I jokingly call her Sora Pasta. <laughs> uh, but you are, now what is your title? Now I'm going to tell you her name is Lynette Barrett, but she yes. is a woman of God. She's a preacher. She's a, a, a what are, you're an orator for the Lord. Tell everyone your actual title, what they should call you. I am an ordained itinerant elder. Um, so I am Reverend Lynette, but um, I like orator. That's nice. I might, you know, throw that in sometimes. Listen, I'm here to give you, <laughs> I'm here for at least the antics, right? <laughs> so I wanted to have uh, Reverend Lynette on the show. So fun fact, Lynette and I are friends. I've been her friend before she was called a ministry. Uh-huh. And so of course, when she was like, I think I'm going to start ministry. And I was like, does that mean I got to stop cussing around you? <laughs> <laughs> That's my first question. Now, am I? What can I say? And you were supposed to come sing some Shirley Caesar. I've st- listen. The offer still stands. <laughs> the offer still stands. I 
am always here to yell for the saints, for the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lynette and I are good, good friends, if you can't tell. And I right. wanted to have her on here for two reasons. A reason one is that it is Holy Week. And depending on, you know, whatever denomination of Christianity you may be familiar with, this is the week between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. And so a lot of churches usually have events or, um, what is it, Maundy, whatever? Maundy Thursday. Yeah. All of these sorts of rituals and things that are done to uh, commemorate the death and resurrection of Christ in that entire time. However, we are not allowed to do any of that stuff, right? We're all in quarantine. <laughs> and since Lynette gets all of my weird religious rants and ravings anyway, I thought it would be appropriate to have her here to actually talk about what everything looks like from a from a churchy, traditional, religious perspective in a not-traditional uh-huh. time, right? Right. So I will ask you, uh, give everybody a little bit about your background and um, about yourself. Okay, so, ooh, well, how far back do you want me to go? Well, um, well don't go back to the <laughs> 80s or, you know, I was born and I, you don't have to go that far back. I was a child. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I am originally from Virginia Beach, Virginia. I am not a native Floridian. I'm a transplant here. Um, let's see. My degree is in communications. Okay. I've been working at higher ed pretty much my whole career, and I just finished my Master's of Divinity last year. So I feel like I've been in school my whole life, but um, (laughs) here we are. Like, I've been going to school and going to school and going to school. Tell everybody about when you got into ministry. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not... Most ladies... Mm-hmm. that I know of have not gone to ministry at all, much less done seminary and all that stuff. So tell everyone a little bit about yeah. that. You know, the funny thing is when you were saying I, I, um, that we were friends before I got called, I always um, struggle with that because I think I was always called. I just chose not to acknowledge it. Um, so my dad is a, well, he's a retired pastor. He actually retired two years ago. He was, a pastor for 45 years. I don't know how he did it that long. (laughs) (laughs) People are a lot to deal with. Right. Um, But always when I was growing up, people would say to me, you know, you're going to be a preacher, right? You're called to ministry. And I would say I probably knew I didn't want to be a preacher before I knew I actually didn't want to be one because it just looked like a lot of work. It looked hard. I don't like being in the spotlight. I don't like public speaking. I don't, all of this is probably surprising to you, but I don't, I don't like public speaking. Well, you're also very good at public speaking and you're good at being with people. So. Yeah, but I don't like it. So so I really just kind of thought, no, that's not the path for me. And um, also because people kept saying it, I didn't want to be, well, I didn't want to respond to what was other people putting something on me. I wanted to know for sure that like I felt it. I didn't want to be in ministry because everybody said that's what I'm supposed to do. I have seen some people that I think (laughs) are in ministry because people told them that was what they're supposed to do or that's what their family does. Yeah. 
I just, I didn't want it to be that way. So it took me a really, really long time to actually accept my call. I guess, I think I felt it probably about 10 years before I actually acknowledged it. And, um, I sort of prayed and I was like, okay, can you just take this away? Cause I don't want to do this. And it actually went away. So I thought it worked. Uh, <laughs> I thought it worked. I didn't, I didn't feel it anymore. And so I just kind of lived my life. And then all of a sudden I started having these feelings again. And, um, I would be in church and I would be sort of preaching along with people in my head. And I mentioned that to my husband and I was like, but that doesn't mean anything because everybody does that. He's like, no, uh, no. no, we don't. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't do that. No. I'm like, you don't, you don't preach people sermons and like think about how you had ended and how you, he's like, no. No, <laughs> no, no, girl. No, it doesn't. I love yeah. that you said that, like, Marcel does me like that, but about like other things where he's like, don't you yeah. just feel like, well, I'm like, no. No. <laughs> right. That's, That's you. We're both married to a Sagittarius. <laughs> yeah, I'm the Sagittarius in in my marriage, and then <laughs> Kelby is the Sagittarius in her marriage. <sighs> so a lot of times, you t- you'll message me like Kelby did this, that, and the other. I was like, yeah, I do that too. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So yes, yes we both have, have to save him on more than one day. You have saved. Yeah, there's a lot of times I'm like, yeah, that's normal. And you're like, what? No. <laughs> so no, normal people don't preach along or re-preach someone's okay. sermon in their head. I, I thought everyone did. No. But um, once I went and talked to, I talked to my dad and for, first of all, I was crying for like two weeks straight. So that was weird. Um, I started feeling like I was hitting brick walls with everything and I felt really just depressed and just, just kind of out of it. Mm. I didn't feel myself. And then once I, I guess, acknowledged it to people and said, okay, I'm doing this, then I felt like this burden was lifted off of me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I always tell people when I'm preaching, it's the most that I feel like, it's when I feel the most like myself, like who I'm actually supposed to be. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's- like I'm the most comfortable preaching than doing anything else Mm, that's a good way to to see if you're in your purpose because I do Mm -hmm. keep asking myself what is my purpose when do I most feel Mm -hmm. free and light and like I'm being yes you know I'm trying to be aware of those times for myself and do more of that so yeah it just it comes natural it just feels effortless that is not what I hear most people that preach say Mm-hmm. You know I mean, I mean, it's a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. No, but like I just noticed that most but... people in general, we don't talk about what we're doing as that, the way you just yeah. described that most, most, whatever it is, it's like, Oh gosh. All right. I got to do this thing. I got to do. Yeah. And yeah. it, and it seems to be heavy in some way. So that is, yeah. Lynette, and I was there. I yeah. Think I knew yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You were. It brings me joy. It really does. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So Lynette also gets the uh, brunt of all of my uh, (laughs) rants about religion, rants about the church, rants about God. Anything I'm like confused about, she gets a little, hey, Sarah, what is this? (laughs) 
So I wanted to talk to you today because we are in, um, you know, we're in a time in which I don't think any of us really know how to handle Uh what is going on. But we've been seeing a lot of reactions out of the church, especially evangelical circles Uh that has had both you and I texting each other back and forth like, wait, what? (laughs) Huh? But what? Like, what are you talking about, girl? So right. So so I'm asking, have you how have you been feeling about the church's response to our shelter in place quarantine stuff? And I'm saying church as in general church. Not if you're uh-huh. listening, don't please don't email me like my church, because my own right. church <laughs> is handling church. it in a way that I approve of, right? But I'm just saying right. church with a capital C, not Little House on the Prairie Baptist Church Missionary of God that you go yeah. to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> on the side of the road. Right. <laughs> well, Reverend Elder Doctor is our pastor. Right. Y'all got it. I'm talking about the church in general. As a whole. <laughs> right. Churches, plural. Okay. Uh, you know, it's hard to say. Um, I will... I think that I will preface it by saying I do feel like, you know, no one has ever passed her through a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I think that the majority of people are truly kind of doing the best they can and making the best decisions they can. But some of the decisions I'm seeing are really, to me, dangerous and kind of foolish. Um you know, people like to quote scriptures. Well, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Right. Right. But he gave us a sound mind. And so you need to make sound decisions. <laughs> and so if the CDC is telling you not to gather, I think it's a sound decision to stay at home. Um, the other piece is as a pastor, and I'm not pastoring, but as a pastor, you know, your first obligation, of course, your congregation is to preach salvation. Mm -hmm. But then after that, your second obligation is to protect your congregation. And this is a method of protecting them. Right. You're not protecting them if you're still having people come out to do worship services when it's really, really dangerous. Um, I do think some of the churches that are doing it, um, some of them, like the bigger churches, I think it's just for attention. But some of the smaller churches, I understand that they really do have, like, financial concerns. Yeah. I, I expect there will probably be quite a few smaller churches that are going to have to end up closing because the economic impact is just, I mean, it's being felt everywhere. Mm-hmm. People are being laid off. They're being furloughed. Hours are cut. So they can't give like they used to. Yeah. Or, you know, you have older congregations who... They can't do they the technology. They don't know what Cash App is. Like <laughs> they can't. They can't you know. stream. Right, mother. Mother is not getting on Cash App. Okay. Somehow, mother, mother is on Facebook sending me all kinds of stuff, right. but mother <laughs> cannot figure out. <laughs> mother is not. Mother writes her ties check in the beginning of the month. Yeah, she's not getting on Cash App. So. Right. There are some churches that are really struggling financially, and I think some churches are making the decision to hold worship because they feel like financially they won't be able to make it if they close. But I'm just fool enough to believe that God will provide. I mean, if we're 
if we're at home and we're doing what's right and trying to protect people and make mm-hmm. sure that they're healthy and safe, I just and, think that God will provide. You and know? like I said, what's happening to even small churches is happening to small restaurants and small businesses. Yes. Like, you yeah. know, if you have no other, if you weren't set up with the technology and had the demographic to do things electronically, no matter what your line of business is, or your religion, because I, I mean, you know, we're Christians, so I don't hear much about, you know, Jewish temples or mosques. I'm assuming they're probably suffering the same way. Right. Financially. Yeah. As well. So what do you think about the people who are, because I can respect the gangster honesty of, listen, we got to pay the bills and right. everybody's off work, but the bill collector. I found that right. out personally. They call every day. They <laughs> you know? So I can respect the honesty of Uh I'm scared to stop having church because how are we going to pay bills versus, well, God said. like So how do you feel about the people that are leaning heavily on almost the the religiosity of it versus, hey, we just need to pay bills? Like, how do you feel Uh about people that are using scripture, maybe manipulatively, to to Uh get people out of their homes? Yeah, it is. And it's very, very dangerous. I, I'm not sure if people are realizing exactly how serious this is. I mm-hmm. think they feel like it's just another, like, thing, you know, oh, it'll pass. And, you know, I actually have a good friend. He and I get into it probably, like, twice a week because he's always posting about churches are essential services and they need to be open. <laughs> like, okay. People are dying. Like, this is not... A game, you know, so. Do you feel like people are seeing this almost like a, like a test of faith or like a, the way that like, you know, in the Bible, oh, you know, put the mm-hmm. thing on the doorstep. Of course, it looks stupid to just have blood on your doorstop, but it saved the the Israelite kids, you know, that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Do you think people are spiritualizing it so much that they're not allowing themselves to hear a quote, a spirit of fear? You know. Yeah, probably. You know, I think in general, it's funny because the way that faith kind of works is it's just sort of the unexplained. Mm-hmm. There's not always an answer, but I think humans always look for logic in general. We need to, we need an explanation you know, every time something happens, we need the lesson. What's the lesson here? Yeah. What am I supposed to learn? Why did this happen? What's the purpose behind it? What's, you know, so I do think people are just reaching and grasping for anything to try to explain why is this happening? What can we do? Is God, you know, is this his wrath? Is it, you know, I think people just need something Yeah. for it to make sense. Are, you know, are there things in life that we can't explain, though? Like, you know, in I the sense so. of, like, rationalizing why this happened. I think so. I don't think that everything has a explainable reason behind it. I mean, I feel like I can look back over some things and I'm not really sure why it happened or what the lesson was or <laughs> even things now that I just can't really figure out what it is. But I think that's kind of going hand in hand with faith it's just kind of not blindly following or believing something but that's that's faith that you don't always know how it's going to work out you just know that it will 
you don't know how, you just know that it will. Yeah. And, the, and, and I asked because I saw, I keep seeing a lot of people sort of explaining, oh, well, God allowed this because we're not this. Or God is showing us blah, blah, blah. And I don't, I don't take those very well. So I did wonder, like, what is your take on that? Like, the people that are trying to rationalize God's hand in this or, you know, is he the one causing this because of blah, blah, blah and X, Y, Z? Like, how do you, how do you feel about that? You know, it's funny because I actually, just before we um, connected, saw an article about some preacher that was saying this was a punishment for homosexuality. But he was diagnosed with it like two days ago or something. <laughs> so and does he have a secret to tell us is the question. Right. It's, it's not funny. Like, I should laugh, but... It's funny. I'm sorry. It, there, yes, there are people, you know, that are saying this is God's wrath. And this is, you know... I don't know. I think people just want to try to make sense of it instead of just staying at home. Like, just, just stay at home. <laughs> Just stay home. Just stop. That's the problem. People have too much time at home, so they're coming up with all these theories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we forget that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Like, you're not going to. That's gonna, true. There was no explanation. That verse alone does not say why there is rain. It just says it right. rains sometimes. Right. And that means that it hits good and it hits bad and it hits the ones we like and the ones we don't like. And, and um, yeah, I don't know if that preacher needs to tell us something about his business. But... <laughs> Listen. Like, where's, the, where's the follow-up to this? Hello. I would like an update, <laughs> sir. <laughs> so, listen. So, just the other day. Of course, last week I mentioned on the podcast, and I was ranting about the church in Tampa, the river, that claims they can uh, heal everything uh, and blowing uh, special air vents that only they have that clear off your germs and all uh, that jazz. And just like maybe a day or two ago, we've got a video of Kenneth Copeland, who, Lord forgive me, is he mentally, is he off? Does he have dementia? I, I saw that he was. <laughs> I'm not being you funny. Know, I don't know because he's, he's getting like, older and he's odd, getting like, odder and odder with every yeah, minute, he is. right? But so Kenneth Copeland, he was doing his thing where he was blowing. I, listen, I think I sent you the notes. Wasn't Kenneth Copeland spitting Corona? But he. <laughs> claim that he was blowing a fresh anointing and he's you yes. know doing all of these sorts of things yes. and, and i you know let me again say miracles and healings totally a thing right but i can't help but wonder what do you think these sorts of things how do you think they're affecting the public the church just people in general watching the saints right now for the uninformed believer i think it sets people up for um disappointment and mm. that's the kind of thing that leads people to having like a crisis of faith and hope mm. when you have people in leadership kind of setting up your expectation and like you said that's not to say that it cannot be done but when you have people setting you up with those kind of expectations and then it doesn't i mean it's almost like little kids who you know, the dad says they're going to come pick the kid up and yeah. they don't, you know, it, it only takes a few times for you to leave me sitting in front of the window for me to feel like I can't trust you and mm. you're not ever going to come pick me up. And Ooh. so when you are setting up these kinds of scenarios, 
and it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen the way that you're saying it's going to, then it leads people, like I said, the uninformed or, or even like a babe in Christ. Like if you're new to the faith and don't really know how to interpret things, it really can, I think, shake your faith because oh yeah, how many times can you be disappointed over and over and over and over again before you begin to question it? Mm-hmm. And then for people that are outside of the church, I think they're just like, look at these fools. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just reinforces kind of maybe what people think already. Yeah. Negative. And, Which, and you know, it's been negative PR for a little while now with the evangelicals uh-huh. in particular. It, and it, even I'm watching it and, you know, I'm all up and, you know, I'm all kinds of weird with my faith at this point. <laughs> but I'm watching it like, oh, man, this is bad PR for Jesus. It just, it just is. I was talking to uh, uh, a person that helps my mom out and we randomly got on a conversation about faith in church today. And he was uh, just telling me, man, I really think God is shaking us up to show us that church was never the church he intended to begin Uh. with. So I, and I was amazed that he said that and I was like, whoa. And you also sent me a very good devotional today that was right in line with what I was thinking about, about Jesus flipping over the tables in the temple. (laughs) That is your favorite story of Jesus. It is. (laughs) It is. It really speaks to me in a deep soul way. (laughs) It is the, because I believe we don't talk about that version of Jesus enough. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> right. You can ask me about the temple the turn. Tables, you can talk, yeah, you can talk to me about table flipping Jesus all day. I got it for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that does lead me to our question. What do you think this time is revealing or telling us about the modern day church? What do you think mm-hmm. we can parse from some of this? I'm seeing a couple of things. Um, it's very revealing of a lot of things because um so I'm I have first of all wondered like all of the prophets all the Facebook prophets like where where are you now now is your time now (laughs) is your time it is your appointed time for such a time as this right where are the Facebook prophets they they've all um you know disappeared you're right. Um, it is interesting to see um, who is still able to minister and preach to just a camera by themselves mm. and um, without the hype of people yelling and, and the organ. Um, yeah. You're able to really hear what people are saying now. And it's like, okay. Mm. <laughs> Okay. Is this right. is this something that makes sense? Is this sound without the amen right. corner or mm-hmm. the hype men of deacons or that yes. praise team that got everybody really hyped to begin right. with? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Are you just kind of turning a phrase? Um, and on the flip, though, I do feel like I'm seeing a revival of sorts. Mm. Uh, I feel like I guess, I don't know if it's because people just have more time at home, but it's starting to call people back to God. And when I say call them back, like people who are already 
believers I see kind of deepening their faith, um, deepening their prayer life, and really just kind of getting into scriptures and kind of figuring out what it means. It's not always literal and, and just really kind of deepening their faith a little bit. So I, I do see a revival of sorts that's happening. And it's very, very interesting because I feel like people just are so attached to like a building mm. being the church. And so I feel like this is making people learn how to actually be the church without being able to assemble in this building every Sunday at the same time, but actually learning how to be the church, which is saying community to my next door neighbor. Hey, I see you don't have paper towels yet. Here's a roll. Like, right. That's being the church. So it's been interesting to watch. Um, it's been very interesting because I feel like it's bringing everyone together and even it's crossing faith lines. Yeah. Because, Everybody is praying to their God for the same thing. So it's bringing, there's the division is getting less. Yeah. And it's really, really bringing people together. Listen, what are y'all going to answer? Mm-hmm. But but it's it's been revealing. It it really has, it has shown, you know, who's really in this (laughs) because they're in it and who's in it because they want the hype show. Mm-hmm. So what have you been seeing that has given you inspiration in these times? You tapped Mm -hmm. on it a little bit. And what has given you pause or maybe upset you in the way that this is being going down? Mm -hmm. Um, I do feel inspired by, like I said, the unity that it's starting to, to cause that I'm seeing that has been really inspiring to me. Um, I've actually also been really inspired to see, a lot of older people in ministry embracing technology. I'll use my uncle as an example. He is 72, I think. He doesn't look it. You know, we don't crack. No. But we don't. He doesn't look. And Lynette hates when I say this, but she has some very handsome men in her family. Oh. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you hate it. I just think I think my listeners would enjoy knowing you got some fine dudes in the family. Even the older ones, I don't mind it. And you can tell them I said it. Ah, Good genes, good genes. They have good genes. My uncle is 72, and he probably was the biggest social media, self-proclaimed now, social media, like, down, Debbie Downer ever. Like, he always, like, oh. He had a Facebook, but he would log in, like, once a year, like, on his birthday. (laughs) <laughs> that's right that is thanks. the right day to log in and say right. thank you for all of your wishes that is yes. if you're only going to do it once a year log in on your birthday he is also a Sagittarius um See? <laughs> and he just he just hated it he's like oh Facebook Facebook is the devil everybody's supposed to business on Facebook well he has been on Facebook every Sunday Leading his little worship service from his office, doing his, he's sitting at his desk, doing his little um, inspirational message. He invited me to a watch party this past Sunday. So he's learning. (laughs) Okay, show out. (laughs) (laughs) So so that has been inspiring, actually watching a lot of older um, pastors just kind of embrace technology because we have all of this. And I think younger generations have been saying for years, 
really need to incorporate social media, really need to incorporate technology. Right. This is how you're going to reach people. And people have been resistant to it for so long. And now they have no choice but to. Yeah. And they're getting it and they like it. And that's really inspiring to me. And I hope that it will still be used once we go back to the traditional format. Um, I think that'll be interesting because I have to say, I I kind of enjoy um, watching the sermon in my pajamas. Like it's been. Listen, I. It's been nice. I miss (laughs) seeing people. Like that's the thing I miss. But it has been nice to sleep. Hang on. It has. That's the hard part. Services. I have to get up. I live so far. I have to get up at six. Ugh. I get up earlier on Sunday than I get up to go to work. I get up at six to be at church by seven fifteen. It has been so lovely to sleep till just whenever. Get yeah. up, make my little French toast, make my coffee, <laughs> turn it on. It's been lovely. So now I have to ask you because Easter is this Sunday, and as I call it, I usually call it the the Jesus Super Bowl. how are you going to handle easter as we cannot do it the traditional ways that we normally do? yeah well for my church we are doing a pre-recorded service but we're not getting together um the minister of music is going to do some songs and my pastor is doing a sermon and they're sending it to our tech person and they put it together and we post it and that's going to be that. Are you going to do anything personally? Um, well, what I've been doing the past couple of Sundays in terms of just worship is I will watch the service, but then Kelby and I will listen to some songs, probably like some old, you know, we're, we're like nineties gospel people. We like the choir sound. So, no, no, no. When it comes to gospel, I'm becoming an old lady because it just yes. it just sounds better from the it, 90s and the 80s. And the, like once you go back from the yes. 90s and I don't know if maybe that's because that was when I was more spiritually connected to the church, too. Maybe I was, you know, I was younger and simpler and everything was great. So maybe that's why I feel so much more connected to that early, uh-huh. early 2000s and back. Uh-huh. You know, nowadays, these CCM songs that are just sold up don't do it for me all the time. You know, I I have said before, I feel like those songs spoke more to our faith and songs now kind of speak to our feelings. It's kind of like, um, I like how I feel in church. Like, <laughs> you know. Either that or like, I always feel like uh, CCM songs are like, we're the worst humans on the planet, but you love us anyway. Like yeah. CCM songs yeah. are just like, wow, do we all have low self-esteem in Christ? Like I'm very, right. <laughs> like I listen 90s, to 90s. Yeah. All you had to do was learn one phrase, show up, show up. And you knew show the song. That was it. He'll show to- up on time. Yes. <laughs> I'm running. Right. 99. And I have, won't do. Yes. <laughs> You get that's your, all you needed. That's it. You get your good your good hook and you go. Right. So we've been listening to that and also hymns because I'm really like 70 years old in my soul. So we'll listen to some hymns and um and then the good old um 
Brother Barrett will lead us in prayer. Aww. He's a prayer warrior, too. That's what I was going to tell you. I don't know. Kelby is a hidden prayer warrior. Aww. He doesn't tell he, he will go in. He, go, he goes in. Listen, you know, I threatened to send prayer warriors a list of things I would like. You need to send him a list. I will send him a list. I send my prayer request. All you got to do is tell me once. And he get his prayers answered. <laughs> he like, can, oh, he, he do? goes in. He goes in. Child. Yes. Kelby, so mess around and look at his deep. If I send your husband a DM, know that it's a long list of requests. <laughs> if I slide in his DMs, just know. It's if prayer. you look at it, you'll just be like, Lord, Shannon, send a prayer request again. <laughs> I need prayer. I need prayer, Deacon. I need prayer. I know. I've been jokingly saying this Easter, I'll finally get to do the service I want to do. Because, you know, when you're. At church, you got to navigate like, okay, now what's going on this week and who's playing what and who's singing and who's right. free and what pastor want to do and what, what's up. <laughs> I was like, oh, the little, the like old choir director of me was like, you mean I can play what I want and sing it? Too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And every, you know, I'll preach my own sermon. It's just going to be, he got up, boom, right. chords. That's right. all you gotta say. That's right? literally all you have to do is get him up for Easter. That was my major pet peeve. Like every Easter, somebody preaches something that is not involving, but he got up. That's all you have to do. You have right. one sermon. I told my friend that he was going to preach at his aunt's church or something for Easter, and he was telling me all these ideas, and I was like, "When you gonna get him up?" Basically, <laughs> don't. He's like, because his home church where he attends is like a very contemporary, like teachy kind of that's church. nice that's lovely it is that's but you're really going nice to all year long do that <laughs> black baptist church and you're gonna need to get them up or they're gonna say you ain't do nothing you know he ain't do nothing i mean <laughs> because why can't he teach and get him up right get him up you got don't to leave get him, him in up. the tomb don't leave him there you gotta get him up get him up you, you gotta hit that early one good time yay <laughs> see all you said was early <laughs> right. you, felt it. you felt it right in your soul <laughs> but Alex, you just gotta hit it one good time <laughs> what does that mean my, uh, my friend sent me this meme it's not even a meme I think somebody was serious they were, they were really serious when they posted that on Facebook the government says this will be our toughest week but it was Jesus toughest week too but early and it just says but early that's it <laughs> Yeah. It is both infuriating and a little bit of me felt like a shout coming at the same time. How am I both mad and ready to sing the shout the victory? What a- <laughs> That's why I texted you last night. I said, I think I'm Pavlov's dogs when it comes to Easter Sunday. Like, just, you gotta say. just, but early and he got up. I don't even question that much. It's a good time. We just gonna have a good time. That's all people want to hear. That's all they want to That's what we're here for. It is, it is right. the church Super Bowl. So it is <laughs> very, I, I do feel like it is a, a time of, I jokingly said a few weeks ago that Rona is the revealer. Uh-huh. And we are at the point now where Corona is showing all of our systems were messed up. Huh. Do you know what I'm saying? And, uh-huh. and unfortunately, I think maybe the structure of church is one of those systems that has to be revealed as messed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and a restructuring of what church is really, is it, is it the building in which we all go separately and sing our songs and, and all of that? Or is it the people? Right. That, that we are, and, and it's not an exclusive, just my church. Do you know what I mean? Because we are all God's children 
is God calling us to see church as a larger thing versus the insular little corners that we have placed it in is what Mm -hmm. my question is. It's that's clearing I, the temple again. That's what I was just about to say. Tell me about that devotional that you sent me today. Mm-hmm. Tell the people about it, because I read it already. <laughs> uh, well, for Holy Week, I've been doing some... I did one today. I'll send it to you. But um, I've been just doing some reflections about the different things that happened during Holy Week. And so yesterday, traditionally, what is talked about on Monday is Jesus clearing the temple and also... Um, when Jesus cursed the fig tree. Two of my favorites. And so <laughs> I kind of talked about how both of them really show that Jesus doesn't like hypocrisy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so don't present one thing, but something else is really going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, say what you're going to say, be who you are, and and don't be a hypocrite. Yeah. Because it's infuriating to Jesus. In fact, to the point that he flips tables. So, <laughs> Again, a favorite. Know. Yeah. And so I thought it was interesting that it almost seems like Jesus is clearing the temple again. Yeah. Because maybe some of our houses of worship are modern day den of thieves. You know, maybe a lot is going on in church that has nothing to do with worship. Mm. Yeah. And yes, clear it once again. That is true. And, you know, being in a capitalist country, you know, our churches can never truly be free of some of that stuff. You know what I mean? Because you got to sell things, you got to make money, you got to do so much to survive in America, period, much less in a competitive market. And so the way that we have done things typically... Yeah, I just feel like everything in society is being sort of like the the covers being peeled back on everything yes. this year. Our our businesses, our government structures, you know, Corona is revealing people's affairs and mess. Folks actually gotta stay home and look at their own husbands. Yes, because if you have Corona after you came back from a trip, listen, <laughs> I talked about that the European guy. Yes. And the girl across the street was on a trip, too. And now she got it? Y'all got it. Uh-huh. And y'all gonna have more than Rona to worry about if it's me. Uh-huh. <laughs> huh. Huh. <laughs> you better, huh. Keep playing. <laughs> okay. The healthcare system. That's oh, being revealed. It is yeah. a, um, whew. Yeah, the healthcare system. It's just, you know, so much of our... Our structures that we thought were safe and sane, I feel like God is saying, I never co-sign none of that stuff. I don't like it. <laughs> right. I, you know, and I'm not the one who thinks God is causing bad things to happen. I've had to. I've had to shed that theology for myself or I would have been mad at God for every moment of every day, right? So right. I don't necessarily think God is causing bad things to happen, but I definitely think he's looking at the economy like, I never set that up, so I'm going to say that. <laughs> I, never, I never set that up. I never told y'all to do it like that. I said do it a different way, and here y'all go. And the church. I didn't set that up. <laughs> well, and here y'all go. Hmm. Dang it. A fly just flew into my wine. That's the key. Uh. This is over. No. <laughs> ah, no. 
have anything else that you'd like to share with the people this week? Yes, I do. I want to encourage um, women in particular who feel a call in their lives to be in ministry, to not let anybody tell them that they don't have a right to be in ministry, that they can't do it because they're a woman. If you know that God has called you to do it, then go forth. A lot of people grow up in denominations that do not welcome or encourage anybody other than straight men. Oh, absolutely. To preach. When I, when I told people I was going to start preaching, I had a man say to me, are you sure he didn't say teach? Wow. What's the difference? I, right. I had a woman send me, actually, I sent her an email telling her, you know, oh, I accepted my calling. And I think it was like a mass email. I just sent to people telling them the date. And she responded, and her only response was to give me these verses about women, women being, being silent, silent in, in the, the church. church. I was like, wow. Yeah. But the crazy part is, <clears throat> I actually think she has a calling on her life and wants to preach, but is in a structure where she's only allowed to teach like women like you can be a leader to teach like women's bible studies but you can't teach men but I think she has that desire like I think she really really wants to because now she's super supportive of everything and so it's almost like she lives vicariously through me or something wow yeah yeah I'm surprised at how many um Denominations still don't support women, but um. I'm not. I'm not just because you know everything's based on tradition. It, there's not going to be a a change in what you literally believe is thus saith the Lord unless you have a major shift theologically and personally, and those things happen on an individual basis, not whole denominations. But how can you use the Bible to? liberate me and then turn around and use the same Bible and try to oppress me. I ask that all the time as a black person, as a woman, as a citizen. I'm sure, I'm sure our LGBT friends feel the same way. Yeah. Um, Right. That is a, that is a religion wide problem to be honest. Yeah. It ain't just, yeah, that's a lot of us are, are, how can you say whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Right. Oh, but here's all these things I have said I don't like. And I'm going to interpret scripture so that I am at an advantage and you are not. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, that's a, ooh, that's a problem even, problem. Even, you know, in denominations where you are welcome, there's still issues because, you know, men still get promoted faster. Yeah. Um, when they were talking about the Me Too movement, I'm like, yeah, uh, Me Too. Like, I only as a woman get invited out to come preach for people's like women's day, mother's day. Yeah. Um, you know, I can preach family and friends. Like what's right. <laughs> I can, preach I can do home. How come I can't come to homecoming? Yeah. I, I'm always super, super conscious about what I have on because, yeah. um, I feel like if it's too fitted or am I showing too much cleavage or is it too short? People will be looking at my legs and, and then, but I don't want to wear anything down to my ankles because I'm not, you know, 80 years old. So <laughs> there's still a lot of things that women kind of have to be 
I guess, thinking about that men don't. Yeah. Yeah, so and that's the same with life. Yeah, <laughs> that's the same with life. They 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 are just free of certain thoughts that we are not. Yeah, yeah. But for all the women who want to, you know, preach, don't let anybody hold you back. If God called you to do it, He will be there with you. So don't let anybody hold you down. I love it. I love it, Lynette. How can the people uh, find you and and learn more about you? Yay! I would love that. <laughs> I would love that, especially if there are any women who are, you know, questioning their calling or just want to bounce some ideas off, or women in ministry that want to connect or, you know, network. They can find me on Facebook. Um, I think my whole name is listed. So, Lynette Daughtry Barrett, and I'll have it in the notes. And I'm also on Instagram, and I'm at dreamgirl08. Okay. That was my line name. <laughs> Fun fact. That was your line name. <laughs> so I will have uh, all of that information in the show notes so that you can reach out to Reverend Lynette if you have some questions or just enjoy uh, hearing from her and you want to hear her sermons because she'll preach you down, baby. <laughs> Preacher, right on down. <laughs> Lynette, thank you so much for oh, talking to your favorite me. heathen on Holy Week. <laughs> I love you so much. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs>does it for us today i hope you enjoyed this week's episode um and that you are taking time out to figure out what everything that's happening really means to you and your own path and your own i don't know way of life there's so much going on in the world it's just a it's a good time for reevaluating, right so i want to again thank my guest reverend Annette daughtry barrett um, she's my good, good friend and my sorority sister, and I just adore her. Um, and I'm just always glad that people are willing to get on the show and talk with me. It's always fun to just chit-chat and um, talk about the matters of the heart. Now, normally I would have a song of the week for you, but I have an album of the week for you today. And that is because Thundercat has an album. It's a little explicit as Thundercat albums can be, but I just really, really love the songs, the music. It's all experimental. It's all soulful. It's just, man, it's just good music. So if you get a chance, check out the new Thundercat album. And like I mentioned earlier with all of these IG battles, a lot of our streaming platforms and a lot of the ways that we get music, they have playlists for you with all of those uh, great songs and hits from... Uh, those really talented writers and producers. So check out whatever you're listening to music on. See if they have some playlists. Uh, I know there's one that's the Neo versus Jean Austin. There's Manny versus Scott Storch. Sean Garrett versus The Dream. Uh, Tim versus Swiss Beats. I feel like I'm missing somebody. And then, uh, of course, T-Pain versus Lil Jon. All of those battles, usually people are hyped about them and there should be some streaming sites that will let you enjoy those songs again. And I know the Saints are angling for Hezekiah Walker versus Kirk Franklin. I'm rooting for Kirk Franklin. 
<laughs> so that would be fun if they ever did it, but maybe that'll be our good Easter gift. Oh, oh, Saturday, the Clark Sisters movie is coming on Lifetime. When I tell you I'm excited about it, do not, do not, do not forget. I'm watching that Clark Sister movie. I wanna see how honest it is. I wanna see how mean Maddie Moss Clark really was. I wanna know if they tell the truth about what happened to Denise. Tell me everything. I am really, really excited about this Clark Sister movie. We've been waiting for a long time. So I'm sure I'm gonna talk about that next week because I am hype. Uh, that and I think Insecure is coming back. So we've got a lot of interesting stuff to watch and be entertained by. We'll be back next week to talk about that stuff. You have a wonderful day. I love you. Stay safe. Wash your hands, your heart, and your parts. Mwah.